Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Podcast announcement starts now. What's up, everybody? It's Sam, and I am here with some official business that's right. Podcasts can have official business to grow up. But seriously, I have an announcement, a few announcements. First up, we are doing a special episode for Thanksgiving. We're doing an earnestness bonanza, which if you don't know, is when George and I drop the bit and we are as earnest as we can possibly be while answering your questions. So uh, you can email us questions at stradiolab at gmail.com. Do that in the next few weeks. We're going to record relatively shortly. So get those questions in for our earnestness bonanza. And we are going to, you know, ironic detachment found dead in a ditch. It's only being sincere. So um, email us, ask us whatever. And we're excited for that. And then we have three live shows. Okay, that's crazy. But it's true. Three live shows. The first one is on November 9th at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York City, city that never sleeps, as part of the New York Comedy Festival. And we just announced the lineup, which is to die for. It's Macy Rodman, River L. Ramirez, Rajat Suresh, and Jeremy Levick. That's going to be huge. And then we have two shows in L.A., Los Angeles, baby, Hollywood, California. The first one is a part of Vulture Fest. Uh, that is on November 12th at 6 p.m. We're doing a special format for that, which I'll announce soon. And then we're doing a classic Studio Lab Live on November 14th at the Elysian Theater. Damn, uh, crazy. And we'll announce lineups for those soon. But tickets are available right this second. Either go to those websites or go to our, we have them in our Instagram bio, which is pretty punk rock of us. Um, actually, I guess punk rock is alive and well, and it's in our Instagram bio. Okay, I think that's everything. Enjoy this episode. I think, you know, I can say without 
any doubt or question that it is one of the greatest podcasting episodes of all time. And that's it. Okay, have fun. Bye. Okay, podcast starts now. What's up, everybody? And welcome to Stradia Lab, the greatest podcast to ever exist. Mm. George, how is it going? It is going well. You just got back from Boston. <laughs> Drag me. <laughs> I went to Boston for a comedy show. I exposed him. I, was... I, expo- I exposed him. It was our, yeah. You were exposed. Yeah. Well, it's our illustrious guest exposed me. I tried to hide it from the, the general public, but I actually did do a show in Boston on Friday night. Today is Sunday, so I'm. Did you still reeling? Can you remind me of your history with Boston? How much time have you spent? I there? have spent a total of one weekend in Boston in my life, um, including this one. Day. We can count it as a long weekend now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I went there literally ten years ago for an improv festival are our guests ears perking up was it the boston comedy festival um yeah i think actually it was no wait it wasn't What's it, it was the there's one there's it was at the boston comedy arts festival <gasps> that one yeah so there's boston comedy festival this is everyone loves that i'm talking about this and actually is yelling more and more and having an orgasm so <laughs> there are two boston comedy festivals one is called the boston comedy festival and it is a stand-up competition festival Whoa. so you like Everyone performs and there's like quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, and someone wins. I did it once and I was um, eliminated in the first round. And then the Boston Comedy Arts Festival, I believe, is hosted by the Boston Improv. So it is more diverse in the styles of comedy. So there is stand-up, there's improv, there's maybe a live podcast. (laughs) Pat does seem like he's choking to death. No, okay. (laughs) No, he's just having a coughing fit. Oh, he's coughing. Yeah. Okay, he's muted, so I couldn't tell what 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 kind of um, flavor of, of attack he was having. <laughs> so you were there for the Comedy Arts Festival. So I was there for the Comedy Arts Festival. Um, I did improv with my dear friends, Mary Houlihan and Josh Lukenbach. Wow. Yes, throwback. And I left the town of Boston. No offense to anyone who is raising their family there. But I left the town of Boston saying, this doesn't do much for me. This does not speak to me. I do think it is a great place to raise a family and do nothing else. (laughs) And then this time I went to Boston and one, I was there for truly six hours total. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was beautiful fall feelings. And ooh, baby, I could just feel I wanted to go out. And I could feel I was feeling more secure in my sense of self where I actually think going out in Boston this time would have been thrilling and fun. And you know it's my favorite thing in the world to go to a city, one, with people that aren't in that city. A big um, text for me has been to like Beckham, and I'm always trying to recreate the scene where they are doing an out-of-town game and they go to a club together. Um, are you kidding? And Kira Knightley is wearing the that top? top? Yes! <laughs> yes! I was at a store recently and I saw that top. That top is one of the... Defi- <laughs> That top is one of the defining articles of clothing of our generation. That damn top. I think about it every single day. And um, so that's basically what I'm trying to recreate every time. And I never, I didn't get to go out this time because we drove back after the show. 
But, well, you know, I have to say, as someone who once at the famed Boston gay club, Club Cafe, made out with someone who worked at Accenture Consulting, I can tell you, (laughs) you're not missing much. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that the fantasy just for one night only to sort of like meet someone that like has sort of a, a job that, you know, that a mom would love? And sure. and you just you you live that fantasy for one night, sort of in a Romeo and Juliet style of like we could never be, but for tonight, anything's possible. But you didn't do that. But no, I didn't do that. But that is the goal. Yeah. Um, but you're from you like cut your teeth in Boston. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we have talked about this many times. I have two connections to Boston. One is that I was randomly born there because my parents just so happened to be graduate students when I was born. Wow. I always do forget that. Yeah. It's like a weird thing. I was immediately shipped back to Greece. I don't have memories from there, but I was born there. And then the other thing, of course, is that I started comedy there because I lived there for two years as an adult. So in many ways, I was reborn there as a comedian. (laughs) Wow. The next career shift you have, you have to go to Boston to start it. I know it does kind of feel like, unfortunately, as much as, you know, you would think I'm the type of person that wouldn't like Boston. You know, I'm not a Red Sox fan. I don't tuck my polo shirts into khakis, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I I enjoy food that is good, you know, but at the same time, it has been such an important, uh, such an important location in my life. Wow. Well, it's a really important location in my life, too, because I did the Boston Comedy Arts Festival there once. And, the, and went back recently <laughs> and, for more. And went back for more. I do think Boston is a mythic space. I um, There's something. T- one, OK, doing out of town shows. No one talks about this. Well, and maybe our guests will have an opposite opinion um, based on a recent experience. I actually need to hear about our guests recent out of town shows. But that that will be a story for for when he's officially brought on. <laughs> Okay, he's making a face at us. He's so mad. No, sh- 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 I want to say out-of-town sh- shows are to- fun. I had a damn blast. Oh, my God. Did you hate that? I was like, Listen, I was like, oh, I'm a star. It, it really, it depends. No, the thing with out-of-town shows is they can make you feel like either a star or the biggest flop in the world. Because a bad out-of-town show makes you feel like, you know, a scene from a movie where like an aging actress is going to do an off, off, off Broadway play in Pittsburgh. Oh. Whereas, a, you know what I mean? You're mm. like, wow, it has come to this. I am in Minneapolis. Whereas <laughs> a good out of town show can make you feel like you are quite literally on the Monster Ball tour. Yeah. I was feeling that. I was really like, these people don't know me in the normal way. They only see me as a bright, shining star. And I even said, this is like the Madonna Truth or Dare documentary. I was backstage. People were stretching. People were like warming up. I was like, this is amazing. I've always dreamed of this. Wow. Like the venue was like, can I get you guys anything? And it was like, finally, I'm being treated how I deserve. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, they do that in New York too. (laughs) No, venues are never asking me if I need anything. They are in fact taking my things from me and saying, this is mine now. They're they're robbing you blind. (laughs) Yeah. All I want is a venue to take care of me. And I'm not talking about a food plate. I don't want a food plate. No, in New York, you'll show up. You'll say, you know, where's the green room? And the person in charge of the venue will literally put a knife to your throat (laughs) and say, give me your wallet. (laughs) It's just not fair. And I want to be treated like, like I'm special. Yeah. Because they're not letting just anybody up on that stage. I don't think. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You'd be surprised in Boston. <laughs> the things I've seen. Uh, um, so yeah, that was my boss, my big Boston weekend. Well, day. I went for one day. 
should we bring in our guest? I actually think we have to. Yeah. Like if we didn't bring in our guest, the podcast would just end right here. I'm I'm jonesing for it. He's coughing again. He has this condition where when he's not on the mic, he has an allergic reaction. I just want to say our guest has been seemingly fighting for his life this entire intro. He has been having trouble breathing. He's been choking. He's yeah. been coughing. <laughs> it's really crazy. He's muted so you can't hear. No one's hearing him cough. But like it, it truly does seem like he's dying. Multiple times I've I've wanted to be like cut the recording like are you okay yeah we need to call someone <laughs> okay and so and now so so pat you can enter oh my god it's so hard when it's like not time yet. i forgot i haven't been on a pod where it's like where that where it's like you wait to be brought in in a second and i forgot how like truly arduous emotionally taxing and even like exciting but stressful it could be i kept writing down little things like you know, it's the, it's the experience of waiting to be brought in is the experience to have random thoughts and write them down and be like, I wonder if I'll say this. And I wonder if I start saying it, if, I, if I'll immediately regret it because I'll realize it's like actually one of the most boring things anyone's ever said. But, you know, I came in from my, <laughs> I came, I came in from my long run year moments before we recorded. I was going to do it after this. And then I realized I probably had just enough time. I'm on this, like, journey back to getting in shape as a runner. And so one part of that is I need to leave, like, literally a flex of, like, truly an hour buffer for long runs. Because, like, sometimes I just, like, cannot run a pace that I normally used to run very easily. And then long runs just take so much longer. So you just um, got back from a run. Yeah, it actually went really well. But I think would you why, say that's why the I'm coughing. My point is that's why I'm coughing. My oh, point is I, see, I see, I see. Would you say the endorphins are streaming through your bloodstream? Um, a little, you know, I actually think like the media makes right. makes much of like the runner's high in a way mm -hmm. that like kind of is real, but I only feel a real runner's high like literally in the moments after like a finish line at a race where I've like truly went to the well and like emptied myself and yeah. then I'll literally then I'll do crazy things like rolling on Molly like whoever's next to me on like the finish shoot I'll be like nice race man like that was a nice like that was a nice race man like strangers but like because like, you'll like be happy fake friends with people on races because you'll be there'll always be like one or two guys who you're kind of battling with for like a long portion of the race and you feel so bonded to them and you're like high on Molly from running from like running so hard yeah but like when it's just a normal run i'll be in a good mood after for sure and my brain will feel clear for sure and i'll feel in my power if it was a good run but um i don't feel like the way that people sometimes talk about runners high it's like you need to stop trying to make life magical and just yeah. enjoy what life actually is which is hard well yeah which is hard. you don't need to make like a hot like don't be like it'll get you high be like it's fun and good for you like you don't need to be like it's actually a drug and it's crazy just be like it's nice people's relationship with running is so crazy because yeah like, they try to like it, they try to make it seem like something is not so they could like in their minds justify why some people might like it or something it's it's really interesting here's what i think is going on and i hope you know no one is offended by this but i think for many people who are really into running, it's kind of the only thing they're into. Yeah. And so they emphasize runners high because they're like, oh, it is the one time I feel a high of any sort. I'm not I, necessarily, you know, doing other things that are bringing a lot of excitement into my life. I guess. But do you know that I do think runners high is a phrase that gets bandied about by a lot of people that and this is going to sound potentially pretentious and potentially elitist but i do think it gets bandied about by people who 
aren't quite runners to me. And I think wow. that it's like, tell me you're not a runner without telling me you're not a runner. And it's like, I love runners high. You know what I mean? No, that's so true. Amazing meme. That's like, it's an amazing meme. You know what that is? That's when comedian, like non-comedians are always like, man, comedians really fucking tell the truth. Like it's their job oh to fucking be truth tellers. And it's like, that's, that's only something that non-comedians think or yeah. people from Boston. I um, wish I had a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. So, oh, and what else? Was Wait, I Pat, we wanted to hear about your out of town show because I was saying I had a great time and I saw some Instagram posts about potentially you not having a great do time. Do you feel comfortable talking about this? I do. Well, I'll say a few things. But I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm recording my my personal pod. Oh, you want to oh, save so you it. want to leave the good I, stuff. I, I, no, I no, see. I'm not going to save it. I'm not okay. going to save cool. it. I'm not going to save it. But I, but I just... If you're, I, but I feel the need to acknowledge that if we are going to listen to both, there definitely might be some overlap if we are going to cover. But I will say, even when you're talking about like people, non-comedians talking about <laughs> the rhetoric around the show that I did at a gay resort last Sunday was, I would say, psychotic. But I do think, <laughs> but it's like here's what was annoying is like for no one liked the sh- no one liked the show like it was a show that no one So liked. you performed at a gay resort once or like throughout a kind of weekend? One show on Sunday, got there on Saturday, came home, got home yesterday. So I was there for one week. Whoa. And where was it? It was in um Miches in the Dominican Republic. And you only had to do one show? Yeah. To be there for a whole incredible. week. Yeah, it was incredible. That's amazing. But the only thing that was the only thing that was a buzzkill was I did have to work the whole time. So like from Monday to Friday I had to be on Zoom in my in my like uh, room from like one to eight and the other buzzkill was there's so many tiny tiny like this big i'm doing like a really small circle you guys frogs <laughs> these frogs that like were freaking me out because they were they were frogs that were the size of ants they were frogs that were the size of ants i hate that i don't want to know about that type of frog. wow like in the dominican republic version of zoolander he hits over the thing and says what is this a center for frogs because that's the size that <laughs> That's the size that frogs are and, in the Dominican yeah, Republic. That makes sense. How big are the ants was, there? Are they as big as frogs here? Yeah, the ants are the, huge. The ants are dogs. The, the, ants, are, pet the ants. ants are dogs, the dogs are dinosaurs, <laughs> and the cats are yeah. of And course. Zoolander was a hit there. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you know, in, in the Dominican Republic, it's Clifford the Big Red Ant, and it's a giant <laughs> yeah. ant. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was, so I did this show in like a large, first of all, I loved everyone there. Those people at that resort are my family for life, 1,000 trillion percent. <laughs> of course. And I will die. Anyone who was at the gay resort in Dominican Republic, the Club Med in Dominican Republic, who was there with me that week, whether you liked, hated, or... <laughs> or couldn't understand my comedy show, I will die for you in any given moment. And when I die, I know that you'll all be at my funeral. And should you die first, I will cancel anything I have going on to show up and to go and pay my respects to you when you die. (laughs) Okay, now that's covered. (laughs) Wow. It was a huge resort. I've heard of fostering a relationship with the audience, but (laughs) this is crazy. It was, this is my, this is, okay, so, like, basically, like, it was in a large cavernous space, and literally a couple, like, I was doing a bit kind of when I came on, like, just like I always kind of do a bit about when I get on where I'm like, okay, no one here cares about me, like, if I truly dropped it on the stage, none of you would care, you would go on with your lives, like, literally none of you would care, even on a human level, and so I was, like, doing that, and I was, like, being, 
And I kept doing this bit. I was doing this bit that I had thought of right before where I kept saying, I came here from New York just to share my gift with you guys. <laughs> I came here from New York. And which is so funny to me, but no one was like doing anything. It was just dead silence. And I was like, what would you guys do if I said that? No one answered. And I was like, what if I did? I was like, what if I did that? What if I came out here and I said, I'm here to share my gift with you guys. And as soon as I said that, someone threw an egg at my face. Like, would you like that? And then like, no one was responding at all. And it was like, I'm being hilarious, but whatever. <laughs> and then then after that, someone ran up and switched mics and they were like, no one can understand you. No one can understand you. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I did, I think I then was understood better, but still not understood. Not fully, yeah. <laughs> not fully. And part of it is that I speak quickly. Part of it is that. Part of it is it was this huge space. Like the audience was so far away. But yeah, I will say that basically like, Afterwards, there were a couple of groups of people that were like, oh, you're, you're so funny. I loved it. But there definitely was like lots of people that, you know, were kind of avoiding eye contact. And then I felt really bad. Like, you know, you feel so much guilt, like for the people that booked me. I felt so, sure. even though everyone was being so nice and like literally everyone's being so nice. I will say the median age at this space was probably like 51. Like it was mm. an older crowd. And I did in some ways go as kind of like, from an anthropological perspective of like, who are these people that go to these places and how do they act? And um, I just was curious about that. But I did like two days later, I was, this is like really indicative of like how it was like two days later. Well, when I had seen this guy, like the night of the performance and he was like, loved your show. You know, I have a kid, I have kids who are 29, 32. So I understood like everything you're saying. I understood not everything, but I did understand a lot of things you were saying. And I was like, okay, cool. And then two days later on my lunch break from work, I like, I like went out to the pool and like wanted to do a quick dip. And so I was swimming and I saw the guy and he was like, oh, favorite comedian, favorite comedian in the world. I was like, oh, thank you so much. He's like, yeah, I've been, and he said this exact sentence. I've been talking you up all over the resort because, you know, a lot of people have been saying they don't get your humor. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you so much for that. And then I keep, and then even like the people who did like it, it was very like an underground community of like kind of rebels that were like, actually, I liked him. <laughs> and like, this is my, I kept doing this impression to my um, coworkers when I was, no one said this, but this was the vibe. It was like, you know, I liked your show. I found it bizarre, unnerving, grotesque. I thought it was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> bizarre, unnerving, grotesque. I thought it was fabulous. I thought it was fabulous. fabulous. <laughs> but it was very much like you would think I like walked up and smeared like blood over myself and like ate a live squirrel. And you know, they would, you would think I was doing the most insane like performance art shit. And I literally was doing the most normal stuff anyone could ever imagine. Wow. So uh, it was like whatever. And then like of course, everyone else, like, kind of killed. It was just, like, not my... It was a different crowd than I was used to. Wait, were there other comedians there, too? There was another... One other comedian from L.A. who was an... Who I, I did take the bus. Basically, I got off the flight and was immediately on a bus in the parking lot with, like, all the other people going to the resort. And it was summer camp vibes. And I did hear... I wrote down... Oh, I wrote down some notes of, like, what I was hearing people say because it was really making me kind of LOL. But the other comic... People were like, there were these two, this married couple who goes to every, there's basically, this company does resorts and cruises. And one thing yeah. that I clocked almost immediately was that there's a huge rivalry between the resorts crowd and the cruises crowd. And there's uh, overlap. 
but a lot of people only do resorts or only do cruises and the people who only do one or the other then there were some cruise people who were at the resort but they were like this is nothing like cruises cruises like there's so many people and, like it's like so much like more people and it's like dancing and like it's just like hot oh, but like this is really fun too but it's more laid back and chill but i don't really like that and then like there's resorts people and the resorts people were like see this is nice it's relaxed it's chill <laughs> like the cruises are very kind of like party 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 which the but to, which to be fair there was a full theme party every afternoon and and every night so there was two there was two theme parties every single day what are some themes <laughs> one was like alien slash space <laughs> one was tropical. Uh-huh. One was seven. One was 70s. One was 80s. One was white party. And that was very much like prom. Like that was oh. on Thursday. And it was like, sure. that was on Thursday. And it was very like all Thursday. People were like, I cannot believe it's already white party tonight. I cannot believe it's already white party tonight. And I was like, I know it's so crazy. What by so fast? <laughs> <laughs> and what else were the themes? Um, then one night the theme was that there wasn't a theme. Oh, wow. Um, That's crazy. That kind of feels underground. I feel like your fans would love that theme. Yeah. Totally. Because they're like, oh, this is kind of out of the uh, the counterculture. This is fabulous. I think, yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's weird. It's strange. I find it fabulous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So, like, there were, what else? Basically, I, I, bef- I befriended this one married couple. It was like a 39-year-old and like, he's probably 50-plus his husband. And um, met them the first night. Never quite like absorbed, absorbed, absorbed their names. But I saw them like every day, like four times a day. And so like it got to a point where I obviously couldn't ask. But, but they were kind of the ones who would tell me what the theme was. And like, also their vibe was, you know, like in cartoons when there's like a duo and one of them always talks and the other one is mainly silent. Yeah. Penn and Teller. Yeah. yeah, Penn and Teller. Almost <laughs> Jay and Silent like Bob. The, oh, Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah. Almost yeah. Pinky in the Brain, isn't that? Uh-huh. But like something like that. But it was, um, so that was that. And the bottom was the one who talked. And so like, even though I feel equally, Oh, that's empowering. That's really empowering. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like he was like, kind of like, you know, in the way we're like, this, this is so... Just for anyone for anyone listening at home, Pat was just doing a kind of dance move, a kind of gay, a very limp wristed, limp wristed dance move to show that the bottom. So the bottom is kind of like limp wristed and kind of dancing. So the bottom's like faggy, pretty much, is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, faggy. He's kind of like just on a dick, just like woo woo woo, like going from one direction to the other. And Pat, I also wanted to I wanted to clarify something. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. he say hi? My name's like Ronald. I'm the bottom. Or did you watch them have sex? Or how was this introduced in, as the bottom? No, well, first this. Well, first sometimes you know. I mean, yeah. he was really limp wristed. Yeah. yeah, he was just super faggy and bendy. <laughs> he was like, he was really faggy and gay in like the bad way, like in the way that like when people don't like gay people, that's who they're talking about. Like he's just like really gay. So needless to say, he was getting fucked. I don't know that he had. I don't know if that he had bones beneath his elbows. I, and it was just so bendy, bendy. But, he's um, kind of like that stereotype that like he's the reason we like people don't like like people don't want gay people to have rights. Like like I kind Wait. of like I, he, I was embarrassed by him when I was like close to him. He's actually, I believe he's been banished to the resort because if he's in present, if he's in normal society, our rights will get taken from us. Well, back in the Obama administration, <laughs> yeah. President Obama banished gay, 
gay acting gay people to resorts because he was like, well, we need kind of like the more Pete Buttigieg ROTC crowd yeah. to, you know, to make it palatable. I yeah. will say like, I, I, when I met them, I did know immediately what the de- what the deal was, but I it ultimately, I mean, I can't, I, don't, I hope they don't listen because I don't mean any of this in like, like they, I, they are my closest friends I have in this world and like, I love them to absolute death and like, they took care of me this week and I don't mean anything but but whatever. But just as an artist for which everything is fodder, I do have to discuss like my relationship with my relationship, my relationship with my relationship with them, if that makes sense. Of course. And and listen, hey, listen up. My wrists are bendy. Powerful. Listen. Be careful. You know, the, the corporate powers that be are about to ship you off for the rest of your life. You know what I've always <laughs> said? You know, your wrists may be bendy, but they bend towards justice <laughs> totally Stupid. and that is the that. difference question mark um but it's like i knew the deal like pretty much ascent, like immediately and then through chatting with them whenever like it eventually was confirmed of course of course of course mm-hmm. but um he's very much like i'm gonna get some dick tonight or like or like i would see him and i and I'd be like, how's your guys' day? Like, how's anything good? I got some dick finally. And like, punches, like, uh, not like, and like, kind of wait. Like, slaps us, the like, wall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy in the top. And it was like, um, Just slaps a random person walking by. Hey, bitch. Bitch, whore. The top struck. <laughs> <laughs> the top was like, it was, hey, he, he was very much like, I, you know, I was obviously in New York constant anxiety. As someone who on the second day had a terrible show and then just was at a gay resort by myself for the rest of it, like, I was in near constant anxiety spirals, and so when I, he they were people I would kind of land with and like be like, "This is what I'm struggling with right now," and they are not people I think that feel a ton of anxiety. And like you know, in New York, it's kind of like everyone struggles, and like at a gay resort, almost no one struggles. And so I was like, um, I forget what I was like spiraling about, but he was like, he had all these sayings. Like he was like. What do you do with a balloon? I was like, what? He's like, what do you do with a balloon? You blow it up and let it go. <laughs> and he'd be like, let it go. You blow it up, let it go. Let's punch you some dick. Like he was all about like that. You know what I mean? Ooh, that's actually really helpful. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, but that's kind of not what you do with a balloon. That's true. The blow it up. It's not what you do with a balloon. Also, if it was what you do with a balloon, which we've agreed on, it isn't. <laughs> the, the blow it up part is completely superfluous to the analogy. Like, he just right. means let it go. Let it like, go, yeah. Right. Here's what I'll say. If I, you know, let's say I brought balloons to a party and then people were like, how do you do this? And I was like, let me show you. I blew it up and then just let it go and just did that repeatedly with each balloon, each different color yeah. and shape. I would not be a hit at that party. Even no. someone with only such a cursory knowledge of balloons would be like, I think you're not doing that right. I think that's not what these these mechanisms are for. Yeah. Um, so he, he was like that. He also like, this is said with so much love. They were big fans of hacks, which I write for. And uh, he did say to me in our first conversation that he didn't even, he loved hacks so much he didn't know anything about Deborah Vance until Hacks started. Hacks no. came out. Oh no. I love them to death. We'll die for them at any given he's smarter than me. He's cooler than me. They're both smarter. They're both he was actually a hundred times funnier than me, is what I'll say. Like I, he made me laugh so hard all week long. Okay, this does remind me of when I was describing the plot of Tar to my mother. 
the movie with Kate Blanchett that is out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, so she plays this conductor who's like really famous. She's an EGOT. She's like both in the classical music world, but also has like broken through and written stuff for movies and and plays and and and, and whatever. And and then this happens and blah, blah blah. I was playing the whole plot. I was talking for like five minutes, and then my mom goes, "And so is she still alive?" And I realized she thought that I was describing a real person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I do think, like, we have to have compassion for these people because it's like, you know, in this world where there's docs and there's scripted versions of docs and then there's biopic. Not to mention autofiction, docu-series. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. life is blurred. Reality is blurred. Reality and fiction are blurred. And in a a world where reality is blurred, as it's become with, with, you know the Anadelvi doc, et cetera. Of course. We have to have compassion for our neighbors. Well, and it's really tough. I think this is a good point because it's, especially with shows about comedians, so many times it's like a comedian playing, instead of Sam Taggart, it would be Dan Tagrat. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, you're playing yourself. So I could, I would believe that Deborah Vance is actually a woman named Deborah Stance who wrote the show Hacks <laughs> about right. her life. I mean, <laughs> is, is Hannah Horvath a real person? Yes. Yes. And her name is Lena Dunham. And she's real. Yeah. <laughs> she's yes. real. Yeah, best start believing in HBO's girls. You're in it. <laughs> yes. And to quote, um, to quote Vulture, Vulture's hateful anti-hacks, anti-hacks campaign. And here we go. And here we go. And this is why you're here. And this is why you're here tonight. <laughs> to, to clap back at the haters. They've done two articles. One entitled "Is Hacks Bad?" Actually, and one in were an article which they didn't answer the question. It was kind of not an opinion. It was just like let's talk a little bit of shit enough where we don't have to actually say anything. And if you want to hear more about either of those, come to our show at Vulture Fest on yeah. November 13th. Well, you guys are Vulture darlings, which is cool, which is really cool. You know, well, I feel like a Vulture pariah often. I'll say this. The power of Vulture is that everyone kind of feels like a Vulture pariah. But you guys don't, do you? Mm, I Listen, I have never been in any of their lists. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in a relationship with Vulture where I've done work for them. I sometimes sure. feel like I'm literally like at the Vulture holiday party, like whatever. <laughs> and then they'll fully come for me, I feel. <laughs> Not take that, take that. I don't mean come for me. I mean, like, they famously, so they put me on their list finally, and then they, in the list, said that I wrote for Hacks, and then in in that article about me, where they say I wrote for Hacks, Hacks was hyperlinked to their own article saying, asking if Hacks was bad, which was just an interesting, <laughs> it's, it's, a really interesting cho- it's just a really interesting and funny choice. It's so <laughs> funny to put you on a list of up-and-coming comedians and then link out to their own article asking if your show is yeah. bad. <laughs> you have to ask the question, like, what are you, what are you thinking? But also, it's so like, funny. No. It's just interesting. <laughs> That's the power of, the press is... They have to be hot and cold like that. It's like, that's the yeah, whole deal. I think it's they so funny. It's also funny because you specifically, more than most people, like, pick up on things, like, get will get annoyed by that and will not let it go in a way that I absolutely love. 
Well, it just like I also did a bit about not being at Liz for years and years and years, so it was also funny to finally be on it, and then like also to be on it, but then also like be, be absolutely dragged is funny. And then yeah, also, they were like, "You're on it, but no, your place." And then their relationship with my podcast is interesting because like when it first started, I felt like they liked it, and then they would like not acknowledge it for years, and then they did include us in like a these pod these are podcasts list. these are examples of podcasts. <laughs> <These> list. Are- <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then it's like then they'll go. Then they'll go cold again. It's it's so interesting. <laughs> um, wow. Well, Pat, I do want to say, you know, it's funny when we asked you about the resort, um, you said, well, I don't want to say too much about it because, of course, I want to talk about it on my own podcast and then proceeded to actually perform a full one person show <laughs> ready, oh. re- ready for HBO Max even. <laughs> sweetheart, sweetheart. Um that that tip of the iceberg vibes. <laughs> I mean, we are on the Titanic heading towards the only tip of an iceberg here. <laughs> tip of an iceberg that like the famous line says, tip of an iceberg dead ahead. Yeah, tip of the iceberg. We are on the Titanic and we're only about to hit the tip. Um we I've I've never performed at a gay resort, Pat, but I have been to one multiple times. Oh, really? Which one? I went to one in Michigan. Um there's a gay town in Michigan apparently called Sagatuck and it's like 45 minutes from my parents' house. I never knew this and I went uh to the they have like a gay like hotel thing with a pool called The Dunes and it actually was miserable to see the same people over and over. I mean, I was only there for three days and I was like, get me out of here. Like if I, because sometimes chosen family is actually not chosen and it's just people that are there at the same time as you. And um, totally, totally, you are forced to be their family. And I was like deeply miserable. And I even tried to like leave the resort and go to just a restaurant because I was like, I'm so tired of like hearing club music. I want to like look at a duck in a pond. Like I just need quiet. And you would not believe who came to the restaurant. The entire group of 10 gay people that had been like forcing shots down my throat for two days. Oh. And I was like, I need, I so need to be alone. <laughs> I have to say, I have to, sh- I'm going to shout them out on my own pocket too, but I have to say saving graces were like other performers were, um, one was this drag queen called, Miss Ridgefield and she's so she was so funny she's like huge in Provincetown and yeah Miss Ridgefield 1981 literally so funny <laughs> wait Maybe is that her so, full name yeah I, oh my like, god now that I love I, I think the premise is that she like won a, a Miss Ridgefield pageant in 1981 yes no I <laughs> Pat I get it. <laughs> um, she was so funny. She had this whole like story about like how she was doing like a, um because she she's like an like OG like was doing it back in the eighties with like mm-hmm. you know a not famous RuPaul or whatever and um, you know she was oh, she's just so funny. She was doing this. It's not going to translate, but she was doing this like um, bit where she was, but not even bit. She was telling a story about how she was like doing a. Um, like a reading hour for kids at her local library because they asked her to and she was like oh sure that'll be fun but then there was like this one woman started like collecting signatures to get it canceled <laughs> and then but she, but just when she was done it she just kept calling it the library and then she kept calling them the librarians and it was just <laughs> making it was just, she was like oh, the librarian and I said it was just like it was just making me laugh so hard for some reason but I don't know so, but she's gonna be in New York November 4th and 5th, I think, at tryout on the Upper West Side. Okay, now you're fully promoting. I know, but I said I'm going to go. I think people should go because I just think she's so funny. You know what I mean? Sure, we're all going. We're all going. Awesome. 
Also, Natalie Joy Johnson, who played Paulette on um, in um, Legally Bond on Broadway, was there, and she was so funny. She made me laugh so hard, and she was a street singer, and she has a show in New York on November 11th, and I think I want to go see it. I know they just were my. I just thought they were so brilliant, both of them, and I just had to like. Yeah, Pat, we can't out. we can't make it to that show on November 11th because we're actually going to be in LA for Vulture Fest. For Vulture Fest. <laughs> wow, you know I can't make it. I don't think because I'm gonna, I, I'm headed up to Boston <laughs> that weekend. Oh. Oh. Uh, to, to, I'm peaking for a half marathon and I'm hoping, you know, I have some big goals and I'm really hoping to tackle some of them, to take a step forward uh, on my journey that weekend in Boston. Wow. wow. Hacks is back for season three and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Well, should we do our first segment? We are, um, I want to say, 40 minutes in. I know. We need to do our first segment. The one thing I just kind of wanted to add about resorts, gay mm-hmm. resorts and gay cruises, there's a certain hubris where it's like, like, don't mess with the perfection of a gay club or bar. Like, don't make it bigger than it needs to be. The good right, thing right. about being in, like, a, a small gay space is that you can, you're can. you so grateful that you are there with your chosen family. You can look out the window, you know, see straight people and be like, oh, thank God I'm not with them. I'm here. Totally, but, if totally. you're, but, but then if you're suddenly with 20,000 gay people, you're like, honestly, I kind of wish I was with the straight people. <laughs> well, yeah. The problem is gay men are really, really annoying. So if you have to yeah. be around them for too long, it can be really bad for your mental health. It can, I, yeah. I get more mad at the music, to be honest. Like, I I love bad club music. It's my favorite thing in the world, but I don't love it from starting at noon to 3 a.m. Like, play it starting at 9 p.m. would be huge. And maybe have a a little build. Maybe we have, like, some quiet music in the afternoon and and slowly build to the the club tracks. But it's just... Do you know what I want to do? What? Oh, I don't know if we should talk about this yet. Wait, let's do our first segment, and then we will... will, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I should want to talk about that. It's well, an idea actually, for like, uh, you like withholding on. it makes me want to talk about it more. Whatever it is, I know. I mean, it's it's literally the one thing I want to talk about now. But but we actually have to do our segment first. Pat Regan, our first segment is called Straight Shooters, and in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of nonsensical rapid-fire questions where you have to choose one thing or another thing, and the one rule is that you can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works. Do you copy? Okay. I do remember and copy. Okay. Pat? <laughs> watching Law & Order SVU or having leftovers of Chicken Vindaloo? Ooh. Uh, watching Law & Order SVU. Huh? Pat? Random house or awkward sauce? Awkward sauce, big time. <laughs> Pat, angels in America or women in Hollywood? <laughs> angels in America. Pat, there's something about Mary or we need to talk about Kevin? Mm. There's something about Mary. Pat, finite resources or infinite jest? <laughs> Ooh, that one's hard. Um, it, it, infinite Infinite just. Oh, wow. Okay, Pat. Being out of touch with the youth or being in touch with your financial planner named Ruth? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Being out of touch with the youth. A tall glass of water, a hot cup of joe, or this old bag of bones? (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, a A tall glass of water. Wow. Okay. Beyonce's love on top or Dannon's fruit on the bottom. Oh, Dannon's fruit on the bottom. <laughs> wow. Well, Beyonce found dead. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely Dannon's fruit on the bottom. Next. No, no question. I don't even have to think about that one. Beyonce, who's that? Dannon. Dannon, I love her. I love her Dannon, work. Dannon, iconic. Slay mama. <laughs> Queen Dannon. <laughs> Dannon is not even the Beyonce of yogurt. No. Who, who is Chobani? I would say Chobani. Faye. Oh. Wait, wait, you, oh. In my world, Faye is the Beyonce of yogurt. I, said I understand that. No, Faye is not the Beyonce of yogurt. Faye is like Grimes. <laughs> no, Faye, no, no. Faye is not even Grimes. Faye is almost like Britney. Faye is almost like Britney because it's like been around forever, and but sometimes it's like 
how's she doing? Yeah, it's like, is it okay? <laughs> <laughs> People, yeah. Is she doing all? The, how is she doing with all these new girls in the mix? Are they being nice to her? Um, Siggy's is FKA Twigs. A hundred percent. No comparison has ever been more apt. <laughs> oh, wait, I want to do more. I want to do more. Um, Yo Plate is Mandy Moore. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Maybe like Mandy Moore, like, like ten years ago, before This Is Us, before This oh, Is Us. Yeah, but yeah. Who would be Mandy Moore? Well, then what would be Mandy Moore now? <laughs> no, I, I mean, think Yoplait has gone through us. I think that Yoplait has gone through a similar evolution as Mandy. You're absolutely. You know, what? you're winning me over. Where it's like Yoplait did also get a big break about five years ago. <laughs> yeah, Yoplait was like kind of this like airy whatever yogurt so you know wait i have a really good one gogurt is pink <laughs> oh my god that is really good that's really good it is original but in like the most kind of uh mainstream commercial way okay tricks yogurt mm. is i'm deciding between two which way i want to go with it Wait, but I think, it's I, Jojo, I think it's Jojo. I think it's Jojo. Siwa. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh my god, he's serious. Yes, that's amazing. I almost, I almost said Miley just because it was like a kid. Trick yeah. Yogurt was a kid once, and so was Miley. No, it's so Jojo Siwa. <laughs> that is. Yeah. It is Jojo Siwa. It is Jojo Siwa because it's like based on a cereal, and Jojo Siwa is based on like a based on her TV sh- or on <laughs> dance. Based on yeah. a YouTube, or... and Jojo Siwa is based on dance, and so <laughs> well. And, and there's always been like a queer feeling to tricks too, like yeah, totally. the color thing. Well, rainbow, was, yeah, yeah. rainbow, like, not for rabbits. Like <laughs> famously, per, famously, queerness is not for rabbits. <laughs> There's always been a gatekeeping element to tricks, which is a, a big part of the queer community. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> totally. What's the famous frozen yogurt brand? Um, uh, Pinkberry. Oh. Oh, Pinkberry. Pinkberry, Pinkberry was the first. Pinkberry to me is like hege- hegemonic froyo. It's like non indie froyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinkberry could be like Dua Lipa. It, I, it's too old. Yeah, sure. it's too old to be drag her. Drag Pinkberry. I think it's Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry. <gasps> it's Katy Perry. Oh, You're yeah. totally right. You're totally right. There is totally something right. so s- sterile yeah. about Katy, isn't there? That I think aligns. Well, don't don't get Sam started. We cannot talk about. Oh, do you not like her? You do like her. We can't talk about Katy Perry. It's not okay. a matter of liking or disliking. Sam, I, Sam will quit on the spot. I actually don't need to. It's just a matter of her to. being impactful and being and living out loud and being a true image of what a pop star is. And you know what? I'll say this. I I roll my eyes at Pinkberry, of course. But then again, in a recent apartment of mine, I live close to a Pinkberry. It was the the, the most incredible part it's of my so, month. Yeah, Once that, a month, I would go and I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm fucking getting Pinkberry. Yeah, that's why Pinkberry is Kitty Perry, because you roll your eyes at it. You feel superior and then you have it and you get it. Yeah. And then yeah. and then Harley's in Hawaii comes out and you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> Is the MacArthur Genius Grant still giving out awards? <laughs> but th- this all begs the question, like, what is Taylor? This all uh, begs that. If, if, I guess also, it does. It feels like it has to be in conversation with Katie being Pinkberry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To me, Taylor is like a non-dairy option, but not the cool one. I'm really oh, just I, racking my brain. I was thinking, I was actually thinking the other day about like Katie Perry and Taylor Swift not liking each other, like. How much that once meant to me and how like little a part of my life it is today. <laughs> yes, <totally. laughs> oh yeah, I did forget about that. 
It used to be a huge part of my life. <laughs> I know this isn't yogurt, but I do think it's like we're like kind of moving on. Like I think Taylor is Cold Stone Creamery. Oh mm. yeah, but it's almost like I hate to say it, like Cold Stone's almost. So I, I'm gonna, you know, say I always tell this story. Is it a story? I don't know, but it it is me watching. I always tell my students this story. <laughs> I always tell my students this story, and it's an amazing teaching story <laughs> about when you're trying to get your students to be able to identify which yogurt Taylor is. And so <laughs> I was watching her like Vogue, however many questions you remember her Vogue, however many questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they said she was in her kitchen, and one of the questions was favorite food. And she looked at the camera and she said, if calories don't count, chicken chicken tenders. <laughs> and so, like, I feel like with that answer, she can't be called stone, which is kind of a, the, an icon of indulgence. Yeah. She needs to be a little more diet. Yeah. 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 Hmm. She needs to be almost, like, not halo top, but, like, maybe halo top. But that's, like, so focused on the calories. It's, like, I, I know. Centric. It's, like, actually, it's literally, like. You know what? She she is she is sorbet. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Because it's basic, but it's like, okay, all right. It's yeah, sorbet. it's something different at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like something different, and then you're like, I guess. I think mostly yeah, what yeah. we're hitting on is like the type of yogurt that Taylor Swift is, is ice cream. Yes, 100%. There's <laughs> yeah. no, there's totally, no totally, 1,000%. We've only, we've only just, in casting this, we've only discussed ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think we need to zoom out and like do that. That's what, we already have it. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. I love, I do love Taylor, I have to say. I don't know how you, I don't actually know how both of you feel about her. George, you like her and Sammy, you're not obsessed with her? I'm not obsessed with her. I am not obsessed with her either. I my thing with Taylor was, for, you know, I've had to kind of embrace and not be as much of a critic the older I get. You know, I used to be honestly like bothered by Taylor. I used to be like, is everyone stupid that likes this musician? Yeah. And yeah. then I think around the time of Reputation, when I actually kind of appreciated how Reputation, I kind of appreciated how out or how like ridiculous reputation where I was like oh you're being so aggressively uncool and but like it's like she does I do think it is like that I appreciate it I was like does Taylor have the hand of her at the moment because it's like the way people talk about her they would never talk about any other singer where it's like you need to, like the way that some people like the way that the general public speaks about it it's like you need this is a you thing you know what I mean like, of course of course but there is I think what I remember specifically, this was during the era. What was the album before Reputation? 1989, I think. Yes, 1989. So that was that a huge was, hit. I, yeah, I mean, that 1989 is so good that I could cry talking about it. Even my dumbass was listening to 1989 <laughs> as a sure. full-on hater. So that was like <laughs> my peak, that was my peak hater era where I was like, I remember being so annoyed that the cover is literally like a hipstamatic Instagram print. Yeah. Where yeah. I was like, this is not cool anymore. Like, how is how 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 is she tricking everyone into thinking it is okay for her cover to be a hipstamatic print? Yeah, that's fair. Nice to meet you. Where you been? I can show you. So so then I remember her being like literally on the cover. Oh my god, look at that face. You look like my next mistake. Yeah, it's a game I wanna play. That's the boudoir version. Incredible. You know what? This was peak the era of, and Sam and I have talked about this, straight men being like Taylor Swift is a, per, it, uh, like, 
uh, Blank Space by Taylor Swift is a perfect pop song. It's and actually it a like, cool yeah. pop song. It's actually a perfect pop song. And then <laughs> yeah, that, that the sucks. combination of like- But that's not her fault. I know, it's not her fault. But I, I think like, there, I think <laughs> that was what really turned me into a hater. It was like, it was like straight men saying it's a perfect pop song. It was her being on the cover of like Bloomberg and it was like, it was her face and it was like, I th- I, I might be a little off about this, but I think the headline was literally like Taylor Swift is the music industry. Like that was like the, it was like her face with that headline. And there was something about it where I was like, why is everyone being insane? Like it, she's fine, but you know, I, I'm like, there yeah. are people doing like, why isn't anyone talking about, I don't know, art pop. Right. But in equal measure, there was like the rhetoric of like, Taylor Swift has had six boyfriends. Is that okay? Of and like, course, don't break up with Taylor Swift because she's going to take pen to paper and write a song about it. It's like, and of you'll course, wish you were dead. And you'll wish you were dead. Like, I mean, like all women, <laughs> she has been crucified by the media. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. But the other side of crucifixion is, you know, being Christ. So, but it's my, my my point being that a- after 1989, when I was like at my peak hater, then Reputation came out, and I actually became the defender where I was like, people were making fun of Reputation, and I was like, no, 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 no. this I like. I mean, Delicate is such yeah. a damn smash. Yeah, Delicate well, you know dress. My, yes, oh my Delicate. You know, my kink is listening to Endgame and thinking about my crushes. I love Endgame. I mean, I love Reputation. Reputation is a great album. Yeah. Except for that one terrible song, Back It Up or whatever it's called. Look what you made me do. What about that one? Oh, wait. That, that one actually, I kind of think is funny. Wait. Oh, then I'm thinking <laughs> of the one in 1989. <laughs> shake It Out. What is oh, it? Oh, shake, shake It Out. Shake It Out. Yeah. Oh, I hate Shake It Out. Shake, shake It Out. That's it. Had, that's like I maybe had, one of the worst songs ever written. That's that's my least. That is tied with Welcome, Welcome to New York as like well, one of the yeah. two things that, that really bring me 1989 into into the stratosphere of morta- of mortals where it's like oh yeah. welcome to new york is the funniest funniest song well yeah welcome to new york if it's intentional comedy is brilliant yeah 100 sometimes but I it's, worry not. it's not sometimes i worry that welcome to new york is an intentional comedy <laughs> <laughs> i don't need intent i don't need intent for it to work 1989's yeah. bad songs and also the fact that shake it off was the lead single that was i was like that, that was really upsetting why why was that i actually had to swivel back my x-factor chair and say you're not ready yet. And yeah. See, I'm hitting the golden buzzer. I'm hitting the golden yeah. buzzer. <laughs> but then with Reputation, even the bad songs, quote unquote bad songs, I thought were actually so bad they were good. Like I did, I every song on Reputation, I can get into. Wait. Boys and boys and girls and girls. <laughs> we have that to say. Gave me the, that was what gave me the courage to came out, come out in New York. This? With the line, boys and, you can want who you want, boys and boys and girls and girls. <laughs> well, wait. Wait, we need to get into our topic. I've we actually okay, need to. Sorry, we, sorry. I cannot believe we've been talking about Taylor Swift this whole time. I know, because of our yoga conversation. No, 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 it's okay. No, and I actually, I'm going to go so far as to say, I'm going to go so far as to say, everything we've been talking about so far actually is related to our topic, which is celebrating love. Yeah, celebrating love. And I actually would say my favorite Taylor Swift eras are the one where she's not celebrating love. That's why I did not like Lover or 1989. <laughs> I did like Lover. I did oh, like okay, 1989. But I don't like, oh, yeah, so celebrating love. Sorry. I don't, I'm not, I will not be derailing us. Celebrating love. Tell us what you think is straight about celebrating love. Okay. Celebrating love to me is very like, okay, it's like. And I, I, the only word that's coming to mind about celebrating love, and you're not going to like me using this word, um, but it's like chuggy, you know what I mean? And it's very like, <laughs> I've never used that word in my life except for in this moment to, to explain how I feel about people celebrating love. Yeah. And it's very, celebrating love is like, you know, there's an epidemic right now with straight geriatric millennials, straight 30-somethings, low 30s, mm-hmm. 
where they what they'll be doing is low to mid, low to mid thirties. What they'll be doing <laughs> is they'll be going to weddings every single weekend. And yes. they'll do full grid posts at e- for each wedding. And they'll be like, had so much fun celebrating at Brian and at Amanda in at love. And it's like, okay, like, why are you saying it like this? Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> why are you telling me that you had fun celebrating your love? You should literally comment, why are you saying it like that? <laughs> just, say, just say wedding. I had fun at, at Brian and at Amanda's yeah. wedding. It was it's- a beautiful ceremony. Celebrating love culture has almost replaced the wedding hashtag, which was a dark time for humanity. Like, I think we're moving away from wedding hashtags, which is, I think, the right choice for us as a species. I mean, uh, you'd be surprised. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we're moving past it, actually. I don't think we're moving past it. In my orbit, a lot of straight people have been moving past it. What have they been doing instead? I mean, I do think organizationally it's nice. They've been doing, had so much fun celebrating at Brian and at Amanda's <laughs> love. Thank you for including us in celebrating your love. See, I would actually prefer a hashtag. <laughs> in my orbit, in my orbit, that's what straights have been doing. Yeah, I want that. Well, they're different sides of the same coin. Of so it's like, is this better? Is this is this progress? Absolutely. Is there still sure. huge systemic problems? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, (laughs) I think that like in many ways the wedding hashtag was celebrating love and the straights have, I think the straights even got embarrassed at a a certain point. And sometimes straight people take, it takes a lot to, for them to get to feel embarrassment. And I think that sometimes they only feel it when it's too late. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they feel it about three years too late. They're like, Oh, I'm humiliated. Here's (laughs) the, here's, here's to me what's emblematic of straight people feeling embarrassment. It's like, they will have fully like a wedding on a plantation and then they'll suddenly feel embarrassment and do and do a land acknowledgement like that yeah, that yeah, that yeah. is straight people feeling embarrassed they they can't they're like moving too fast to actually be embarrassed as they're making <laughs> actions and so then suddenly they'll be like well celebrating our love and also we waited until gay people could get married to get married right and i also said that i think that like yeah so celebrating love was this impulse I think largely by straight people to make gay people have have marriage equality, like you know, in the straights kind of like moral conundrum of like should gay people get married or is that kind of an <laughs> us thing? I um, <laughs> they were kind of, they were like okay they can have it because they they kind of assigned this need to celebrate love to gays yes. when it's it's that is like a, a disease they struggle with so they're like oh. They, it felt like they finally like got it clicked for them when they were like, okay, you should be able to celebrate love. Well, so, love you know, is love. Of, yeah. Love, well, love is love and it needs to be celebrated in any form it does take. Exactly. Well, it was yeah. kind of like, what about two guys? And then they were like, well, no. And then it was like, but what if they were in love? And then it was like, yes, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Would you not want to celebrate that? I mean, it's love. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, well, then that needs to be celebrated. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. My mind has been changed. <laughs> and that's why conversation between opposing sides is so important. And um, Exactly. Right, right. But yes, but I think, uh, what was I saying before we started? How did I get into this? But that's why I think gay, gay marriage has largely been a flop at the box office because <laughs> and I think it's kind of because it's been couched in this like celebrating love right. that's not what's appealing about it in the way that the marketing campaign for the film Bros, I think, failed it because it was it focused exclusively on its importance and not mm-hmm. on like what was fun about it, which is which to for, to put it in gay marriage terms, we, what's fun about it is that it's so silly because it's two 
guys or girls getting married. <laughs> right. Other. It's inherently funny. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter the intent. They should be different, but they're the same. Yeah. You, you know, it wasn't a box office flop. I now pronounce you Chunk and Larry or whatever. I mean, you do not have to tell that to us. <laughs> we are leading the campaign to bring that film back. Okay, this is actually, you're actually making such a great point, which is that gay marriage. It's marketed all wrong. Was promoted using the bros marketing campaign rather than the I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry campaign. So, which is, it's just silly. <laughs> it's just silly. <laughs> it's just plain, it's just plain silly. It should have been promoted as a romp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like it's no on prop eight. It's just silly. It should have been promoted, even pointing to sort of its gross out elements. Say, can you believe this? You're going to yeah. want to see this. Oh, you know, yeah. I've been wondering lately if I am gay. Did I tell you guys that? What? I just, I'm like, <laughs> basically. As in, like, you've been wondering if you are not gay? Sometimes I'm like sucking a dick and I'm like, shouldn't I be liking this more? Oh, sure. Like, sure, but sure. in a way that you're like, why, feeling... I'm like, why is this? Sometimes I'll be sucking a dick and I'll be like, why is this actually gross to me right now? I understand. It's like, and I'm like, because I, I must be straight and gay is famously straight. Gay is famously gross to straight people. Uh-huh. Are you feeling <laughs> potentially bi? Are you feeling attracted to? I'm no, definitely not bi by any means. Just not gay. Just decidedly not gay. Maybe you're just going through a less. You're you're going through a less horny phase. Not gay. No. Also not asexual. Yeah. Huh. No, but I am so hard. It, it's I'm back. I forgot how I get when I'm single, which is that I get very obsessive around hookup culture. Totally. And then when it comes to brass tacks, like. When I'm in it, I'm like, oh, God, like, how do I get out of this? Like, oh, this is terrible. Like, now I have to do all these things to this person. Like, that sounds awful. Like, this is gross. Like, ew. <laughs> like, <laughs> is, th- is that okay to say? I don't know. That's very that, that powerful is... to say. I mean, I cannot relate at all, but I can say that you are beautiful and you are valid. In every single way. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm mostly kidding, but I am kind of like, what is my deal with sex? I do think it's just shrouded in, and if I do hook up with someone, there's so many levels of shame to work through. Cause it's like, uh, yeah, for one, just like in general sex, like even if I was straight, I think I would still feel shame around sex. And for two gay sex that I, it's been so ingrained of like, this is so bad. And if you do it, you are so actually bad. So then there's that to like kind of unpack, you know, the day after. And then there's this other level of shame that I've finally been able to like acknowledge and sort of been like, where I feel a weird guilt or something, or like I feel bad for the other person where I'm like, and that's just like a me thing where I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, they, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sucks. They had to like hook up with me. Like, I feel so bad for them. Like, <laughs> I, I should like say, I should like, say sorry or something. Or I should say like, I should like, I'm sorry. I hope you didn't feel like you had to do that. I'm so sorry. I feel, no, but I, the last thing I relate to, I mean, it's this kind of like, it's this insane insecurity when you, even in the pro, even you will literally be having sex with someone, and there's a part of you that thinks, "Do they like me? Do they want?" To- <laughs> yeah, like oh, they're 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 like throwing me a bone, like oh my god, yeah. I hope, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like I should let them out of that, you know what I mean, or something. Yeah, you're like, wait, let's zoom out. Just FYI, <laughs> I'm sorry about my body. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, really deeply sorry. I know you. I can tell you wish it was a different body, and I apologize for that. I, I can tell you feel tricked, and I want to say I'm sorry for that. But anyways. It's tough. One of the, t- you know, I'll say this. One of the toughest things is having that, is, is feeling no shame about sex, and yet still struggling to feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Elaborate. I'm confused. I, no, no. I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that, like, I, I relate only to Pat's final point, which is about, like, about insecurity, where I'm like, I, I'm. it takes a lot for me to be like, okay, I am comfortable being, uh, you know, being naked with someone. It, sex itself is not shameful to you. Yeah, yeah. And no, no, no. Sex is not shameful at all. I have no hangups about it. I don't, like, I was... Brag, brag. Brag, brag. Brag, brag, brag. Yeah. <laughs> Right, 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 not- kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm being the bottom of the resort. <laughs> you're totally, you, the bottom has influenced you in such a powerful way. <laughs> you're being the, your wrists have never been limper. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It is fully the insecurity of like, at any given point, someone could change, could, could be like, oh, you thought I liked the fact that we are currently in the middle of having sex that I initiated? <laughs> you must be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, totally. Um, and also... Yeah, take. A, I just have another like celebrating love thing where okay. that all, I also feel like part of. I'm sure you've like discussed this in the lab, but I also feel like part of celebrating. I don't know how this connects, but like part of celebrating love culture is also somehow gender reveals because it's also like this weird yeah. thing where it's like it takes these sex these people have had and it makes it like their families around and they're popping a balloon full of like glitter. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, it's de- literally desexualizing sex. Like the celebrating love yeah, thing yeah, yeah. is fully taking sex out of it. That's like what the gay marriage argument was, was it's like, well, don't forget that we're also horny and crazy. Right. We're al- yeah, we're al- and we're allowed yeah. to be that way. Totally. Well, the other thing with all of this stuff is that it is celebrating the most 
normal conventional it's literally like let's have let's have a celebration because we dated for two years let's have a celebration because we got pregnant it, it is celebrating the quote-unquote normal like heteronormative course of life at every stage you have to have a party yes wait would you guys call me if i got ran and got some water really quick please hey, okay i'll be right back I'll be right. okay okay we'll talk so how do you think this is going? I think Pat's doing really, really good. I agree. You know, I thought, you know, this is someone who is a is a, is a veteran of the podcasting industry. And yeah. I thought maybe he would come in, he would be kind of, uh, you know, we'd be beneath him. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't want to share things because he was holding them for his own podcast. Mm-hmm. But I actually think, if anything, he's talked too much. <laughs> I would say he's been so, so selfless in that he's been talking a lot and giving a lot of information, personal details, and even opinions. Yeah, yeah. Even even talking over us and actually kind of like monologuing in a way that some people might find to be, you know, it's like enough, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've I've been sort of um going along for the ride because I do find that Pat is one of those performers where it's it's sort of um almost like a Republican meme of like either buckle up buttercup and get 100%. on board. Um, and I feel that way when I'm around Pat. Uh, yeah. And I actually find it to be such an, an interesting journey um, and an interesting approach of, you know, speaking up when you need, when we're talking about Taylor Swift too much, you say, actually, let's stop this. I don't want to be talking about Taylor Swift any longer. <laughs> he did that? No, I did that. I was like, let's move on. Oh, from you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's kind of nice because um, he is so intelligent and so naturally funny that you kind of don't have to feel bad for like punting him in a different direction. He's like talking, 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 and then you can be like, okay, and now switch to the topic. And he's like, oh, got he's it. Like, and then he's, like, he's yeah. talking again. <laughs> I actually do find that to be such a slay. He's not offended. Yeah. No, it's just perfect. Oh and such a natural. He really is. Oh, he's what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? Oh, nothing. You were talking about your performance so far. Yeah. Oh, wait, good or bad? Really good. Well, we were just saying you're such a natural at talking through ideas that when we want you to change topic, we can just like tell you and then you're back. You're on a different topic immediately. Oh, my God. Good. OK, perfect. We can just be like, no more Taylor Swift topic now. And then you're like, OK, here we go. <laughs> oh, fun. OK, good. And it's really actually amazing to see. Oh, my God. It's Thank funny you guys. When people's brains work differently than mine. I feel like when I watch you talk and think, I'm like, I'm the slowest, dumbest person alive. Like, I'm like, why don't oh, my thoughts no. come at this speed? I'm like, really need well, I, <laughs> support. I will say I do think I'm like, I think that I have like an hour and then like in uh, of like really kind of focused mental energy. And then like once I spend it, then it's very much like my brain feels, for lack of a better word, inflamed. Like, it, my brain starts mm. to feel like it's swollen and too large for my skull, like, or something. Like, it's worked too hard, and then literally, like... You're overheating. You're you're literally, like... Like, I'm gonna do this. You're literally 11 from Stranger Things, and you're using your power, and then you have, like, a nosebleed afterwards. Yeah, you're bleeding out of your <laughs> eyes. Literally. I'm, I'm a laptop that's on your lap in your bed, and it's so hot because you have too many tabs open. <laughs> that's, like, a beautiful poem. That's um, That could be, like, a, a little emo song lyric. <laughs> oh yeah oh wait yeah i love pop punk i'm gonna go to that famous pop punk concert that's happening that famous one wait can i go pee and you guys talk about my performance what the hell i have to pee so bad i know okay you guys talk okay go pee oh my god you know there's a sort of um beautiful symmetry to you getting water and sam peeing yeah totally i'm so glad lately i've been like really drinking water like in a focused way i actually you know it's one of the few things i 
really believe it's one of these kind of conventional things everyone talks about that they are right about. It's so true. Drinking water is so true. And then every now and then people will at some point someone was like, it's such an American thing to drink water in France. They don't drink water. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I also don't believe that. Yeah, you're wrong. I actually feel like drinking water connects us all over the globe to each other. <laughs> yes. I think that, but one argument for drinking water that I actually don't believe in and that I actually want to like lobby against is like some people will be like, you need to be drinking water because your body is actually 99.8% water. That's right. And if you're not drinking water, then I'm like, even if my body was literally all water and I was a water being and I was made of water, like, <laughs> Even still, I don't believe. What? So you're saying I'm gonna disappear if I don't drink water because there will be no more water left for me to be? Like, yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, like, like, shut up. So it's like that's like saying like you should really be eating bones because you have a lot of bones because you're made of bones. I, I just want to say I'm like not impressed by the fact that there's a lot of water in my body. That is something that does nothing for me. Yeah, like, I, I don't d- care I, if it's fifty percent or sixty percent or seventy percent. I actively don't care what percentage of water I am. Like, Sam, yeah, I, I, I mean, many things are many things are water and many things are liquid. And that also makes sense for inside your body. <laughs> totally. Totally. We're talking about how we don't. We don't I mean, eat. if you were to tell me, you know, 50 percent of my body is solid 24 karat gold, then I'd be impressed. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's like, I don't care how much of my. First of all, I also it's like a lot of my body is bones. A lot of my body is a bones. lot. Yeah. yeah so, no one's ever talking about that. No one's ever like, yeah. did you know, did you know actually 20 percent of your body is bones? Um, wait, what was he just going to say? It was actually crucial to this. It was actually crucial to this conversation, but now I can't remember. Oh, well, it'll come. It'll come. I even want to counterpoint George's point of um, if your body was 70% gold, that it would matter a lot. I still wouldn't care. I would still be like, okay. Like, unless... I guess by that point, <laughs> if we would know it, like... Yeah, it's like, what am I going to... It's like, what am I going to sell it? I'm going to make a ring out of it? What, am I going to harvest my body gold? No, I'm going to just go to work like I always do. When someone says I'm 80% water, I'm like, okay, well, drink me, bitch. Drink me, <laughs> bitch. The other thing with every... With learning facts that are true of every person, it's like, well... That's not interesting because it's true for everyone. I mean, totally. show me like show me the Guinness World Record of most water someone has in their body, and then I'll be impressed. Totally, and even least, and even least. I mean, that would actually be even more impressive. You're like literally dried out, but you're still going to work. <laughs> right. It's it's like, is it interesting that I'm made of water? No. Is it interesting that I'm a Scorpio? Absolutely, because that's <laughs> inherent to me as a person. And, and actually, that goes back to the celebrating love thing because it's like, what's interesting about gay people is not that they also love. No, it's no. that they have anal sex for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fun, mind was, you. You know, I've been talking a lot about this idea of side. You know, you guys know about sides. Yep. Oh, yes. Sam taught me that. Okay. So my experience on sides is that I didn't Wait, know say what they are. Them. Okay. I okay. didn't know anything. About, I have to, for me to say what they are, I have to explain how I learned what they were. Okay. Which is okay. That. Perfect. I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about sides at all. And then I was thinking when I was abroad about downloading an app, like a hookup app or something. And so I ended up Googling around, like in this country I'm in, what, apps or pe- what apps do people use because I wasn't sure if it was the same. Somehow in that Google search, I ended up reading this article that was had nothing to do with what I Googled and it was about, <laughs> it was this very self-important kind of article that was uh, saying how grind how in a, in a huge revolutionary moment, Grinder was finally at long last offering sides as a position, side as a position, as opposed to just the famous three of top, bottom, reverse. And so it was like, <laughs> this is finally happening. This is so good and important. And like, 
this is amazing. Like progress is being made. You can now say you're a side. It was on the a- ACLU website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so my favorite quote from the article, because there were some quotes from different sides about about the big about the big change ruling about the big ruling that sides were now <laughs> adoption. <laughs> and so there was one quote from an older side who had been aside for his whole adult life. And his quote was, we've always been here, but now <laughs> we're stepping into the light. <laughs> and so what sides are are people that don't have anal sex. And so they do oral and they do quote frictional stuff. And and the article I read said that some people that they often call the frictional stuff outer course mm. which is interesting kind of a fun play on words that is a fun play on words i'm always calling sex intercourse i'm always saying me and my friends yeah. are having intercourse tonight sam is always saying intercourse implies the existence of outer course so it was really cool when that was validated finally yeah that was amazing when that was validated <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i um and then yeah it was on you know i did join tinder just as a joke Ooh. a joke on myself doesn't sound like already a joke. laughing hilarious <laughs> doesn't it's... sound like a joke sounds like a sincere statement <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting how people are in that on the application because for one oh anyway this whole person on tinder last night and there was their whole bio and then the last sentence of their bio was oh and i'm aside by the way and I was like, okay, step into the light, step honey. Into the light, mama. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> and and one thing that I'm actually obsessed with, which is a huge part of Tinder that I've noticed, is this culture around the amount of countries you've been to, where everyone's many people are always saying how many they've been. To. So there'll be like a, a normal sentence might be thirty-three countries and counting. Who will join me on my next country? It's oh my like, god i don't care how many countries you've been to at all and then one person one of their pictures was literally a world map with the countries they've been to highlighted and it's like what are you talking about wow i've actually never heard about this sam have you that is so weird no i've not heard of this is that because yeah. they're like is that like a dog whistle for like i'm rich and i want you to be rich i too? don't know i will say i did set my things to like i can only see you if you're 37 or older so maybe it's like an older person thing i don't know hmm uh, okay, first of all, put a pin in that because I want to talk about that soon. <laughs> but I'm, um, it's so interesting. I mean, this is not an original statement, but like in dating apps, you know, you have to find different ways essentially to identify and you kind of run out of the obvious ones pretty soon. I mean, you know, you age, uh, location and whether you're or not you are aside. And so when you <laughs> yeah. run out of those, then suddenly you start listing countries, like talking about like, fi- uh, be, like, my favorite is when people do like fake aggressive things when they're like, you know, Devil Wears Prada is the best romantic comedy. Don't at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight yeah. Me. It's like debate okay, me. I wasn't going to. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to debate you. My favorite thing about like any of the apps, and this has been going on for a long time, is like when people are so micromanaging in their bio about how they want you to talk to them, like just in the app. So like, yeah. if it's famously, it's like, don't just message me and say hi. Do not, if you start conversation with hi, it's not a match. And it's like, literally, how else do you want to start this conversation? Like a quote, like a, a quote from a Bronte novel. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, well, then it breeds like an even worse type where it's like, they have like an opening line that they send to everybody that's like a little clever and a little, and it's just like, this is worse. Like, don't do that just say hi yeah just also, please like, say hi whether or not uh, people say hi is so much less important than being the type of person 
who would write, don't message me saying hi. That's Literally. what that person doesn't understand is that they are saying so much more about themselves by being the type of person that has that in their bio than anyone else could say with an opening yeah. line. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like be mask, be fit. Like that's if that's the other one where it's like a mandate. Like, don't tell me what to. You could say this is what I like, but don't tell me <laughs> as the reader. Just me as yeah. a, the, a reader who has never met you. Don't tell me what to be. You know what I mean? I'll be what I am. I'll be what I am. No, my favorite is um, Midwest gay hookup sites. Like when you're in the Midwest and you check them, and it's always like looking for sane, normal guy, outdoor, average, plain. Yeah, please yeah. don't be crazy. And it's like, you sound nuts. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah. When they end it with, please don't be crazy. It's like, okay, this is not how we need to, this is not how we as a, as a, as a human race need to be talking about mental health. Of, at the end of my sex app bio, I was like, please don't be crazy. Like, yeah, if I was struggling with mental health issues, I would love to not be crazy. That as a favor to you, because you've asked me to, just for my own well-being, actually. Like, insanity the world is crazy <laughs> also there's another thing people do where they are this is a tinder because there is obviously like huge difference tonally and like grinder and tinder yeah i've actually never been on tinder tinder it's been i hadn't before this like current like you know recent foray into singledom and i sure. also like you know i'm on it in a way and when i say it's a joke it's also almost anthropological just in a sense of like I don't want to be in a relationship right now and I don't for a while. So it's like, I don't want to actually, you know, meet with these people and like, whatever. And I also don't like to go on, you know, this kind of micro level of like non-fame of like, I don't want to go on Grindr where it's like literally the only people that I don't know who might know who I am or like gays in like New York and LA. And so when I'm in those two cities, I don't like, I'm also so ashamed of like anything about, me being on grinder like how i act how i am what i say like what i'm looking for it's just like i don't want anyone who like knows who i am to see that yeah i, see, I, that. I want them to see that yeah <laughs> and so um so anyways tinder there's another thing where it's like guys and and it's the kind of guys that are looking for real relationships or something i think where it's because you know you have this bio you have these few sentences where you need to convince someone that you're like worthy of love essentially and so they'll be like one line that gets that's actually kind of common is in a certain kind of guy is like i have an amazing group of friends like they love mm. to say that or it's like when one time when i saw so i've seen i have an amazing group of friends a lot actually and then last i saw and then last night i saw this guy that the sentence was judge people by the company they keep i have an amazing group of great friends who i'm close with and it's like what are you actually talking about like <laughs> like what are you actually talking about like it's just so it's just so interesting wow and that's like and that's what like and then that all does connect to like then like four years later this guy who's like appy star who like said in three sentences that they've been to 42 countries and counting and they have an amazing <laughs> group of friends and don't say hi to them now it's like we've fallen in love and now we're like getting married so we need to like celebrate love it's it's wow, so way to you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like these are when we say we're celebrating love that's what we're celebrating we're celebrating like two years ago i was sitting on my couch and like swiping through like randos and like you told me not to say hi to you, so I didn't, but like somehow it still works. And like now our family's here, like at this like event space and we're celebrating love. Now now my family and like truly eight people from like my like indie improv teams that I did shows with are like at this event space. Because another thing I've been seeing in my 30s is like 
it's so crazy because it's like you know i got my start at ucb shout out and um <laughs> so like it's just so interesting to see like you know so i have you know residually all these people i follow on instagram who i who are wonderful people or whatever some are still in the comedy space and some are not and but some of them you know it's like those two people from that one indie team we used to like do shows with at St. Mark's like ended up getting who like hooked up that night at like grassroots like now we're getting married and like all these people from like these indie improv teams that you kind of forgot existed are there and you kind of remember who was on what team and like it's just so strange and they're all celebrating love together it's actually insane it's also like the best case scenario is they get married because it's either the people that we know from UCB are either getting married now or they have become alt-right yeah. Or they are celebrating celebrating their love of Q. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like, you know, I watch um a lot of reality TV and a lot of like not an an alt reality TV for I guess our demographic where it's like I'll watch like, you know, CBS reality shows or right now I'm working through the canon of Big Brother Canada, which is actually really good. And um, That sounded scolding. It sounds like you're scolding people. <laughs> I, 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 um, I don't know who you're mad well, at. But. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, I, so it's this, in, in the in the house, a lot of times they'll have showmances where, you know, a romance that happens on a show. And, you know, some of them will happen years ago. And the same part of my brain that is like, activated by like showman finding out a showman's from like eight seasons ago big brother is now married is the same part of my brain that like is activated by like people from the indie improv scene getting married to each other i'm like oh so it did oh that wasn't just a showman's that did happen you know what i mean (laughs) that did happen my question is okay i have not in my life yet been to a gay wedding me neither wow what the hell what i've been to two i believe wow that's a lot that's a lot you must be like really traditional family. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really, I was kind of, I was really on the forefront of sending all the people that were too gay to the resorts so that, you know, we could finally have marriage equality. Well, all the people that are too gay. <laughs> and, and you know what? Judge people based on the company they keep. And I have a group of amazing friends and they're all married and they're all monogamous. <laughs> well, I will say those people at the, like those kind those people like, <laughs> when we talk the guy about the laptop kind of, is overheating <laughs> when we talk about those kinds of people who i am one of these type of people this kind of like very like mainstream gay like jack from will and grace gay yeah that is the kind of gay that does get married you know what i, mean? I know it's mm-hmm. interesting that you say that because they're fitting they're fitting into the straight idea of of capital g gay as opposed yes. to like you know brooklyn queer or whatever like mm-hmm. these people with these are people who don't have mullets. These are people who are lawyers and work in HR and like they are the gay of their office. And they, it's like, it's like my, when I was a nanny, the um, mom of the kids I nannied always used to say, cause I couldn't cook, but I had to cook for the kids. And she's like, this is great for you. You know, you're going to learn how to cook. Cause you know, um, Andreas in my office, who's gay, he always says every gay man should know how to cook. <laughs> and so I, so like Andreas, definitely is that kind of gay that maybe we're talking about who like would be at this resort but like andreas definitely is someone who's on the app saying like i have an amazing group of friends because he's after marriage yeah yeah when you say you have an amazing group of friends you're after marriage well it's it's you're pointing also to the the complicated nature of like the assimilated gay versus the radical queer or whatever because you would think oh okay if the two genders are assimilation and not assimilation you're like oh the masculine gays are the ones getting married 
no, 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 sweetheart. No, no. The masculine gays have are getting nine loads into every hole at the party, while yeah. the feminine gays are getting married at City Hall and then working for the Navy. Totally, but I'd also <laughs> add to that. <laughs> I would also add to that, like, the masculine gays and the feminine gays. Like, there are, I do think there are celebrate celebrators of love on both the like mask yes. and femme ends of the spectrum because they, they yeah. they're they're both fitting in in their own separate ways to this kind of like straight idea of gay and they both want to get married and it almost but like they all always want to marry kind of each other on the way because then it, it can ease their brains it can make sense to them or something yeah when we say love is love we mean that you can celebrate love whether or whether you are a feminine gay or a masculine gay <laughs> and as long as it's with like the opposite or something like they still need some level of like of like hetero i don't know i don't know the i don't know the actual base word but it's like hetero mm. is the prefix for normativity there's a base word normative <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and um but it's funny because then you'll see on like grinder like mask there's like mask for mask culture but like yeah. those those masks for masks i think aren't necessarily getting married to each other no. mask for mask is interesting because on the one hand you're like okay it's toxic masculinity on the other hand what they actually want is the most gay thing possible which is totally. the manliest possible men fucking yeah, yeah 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 it's so strange they're like we need this to be same sex yeah yeah yeah, yeah both physically yeah. and spiritually yeah yeah I mean, we need spiritually to be the same sex. Um, yeah, it's so strange how everything is. Well, uh, I think we can wrap it up there at life is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy how everything is. It's so crazy how everything is. But if you are married, we support you. Mm. And we, we support you. are so happy that you have found the one. And... We would love to tag you on Instagram. So please and we will... tag us. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go ahead and tag you back. If you're getting married, please tag the three of us on Instagram. <laughs> so that we can tag you <laughs> on our Instagram. <laughs> no, so that we can tag you in the comments of your own post tagging us. Then we'll just, we'll just, you'll tag us. You'll do a post celebrating your own love. And then you'll tag us in the post. And then we'll just comment at your own handle in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> you must tag us so that we can then tag you in the comments. <laughs> Thank you for letting us celebrate us. your love. <laughs> so we can tag you in the <laughs> we can tag you in the comments of your own post tagging us. Celebrating at Brian and at Amanda's love. CC at Pat Regan at George Harris at Sam Tagger. <laughs> and then we'll go ahead and just comment at you. We'll tag you. Yeah, wow. that'll be perfect. <sighs> wow, let's wow. do our final segment. I think I think we have I think to. It's time. Um, Pat, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And in it, we give a shout out to anything that we are enjoying. Imagine it's 2001 and you're at TRL shouting out to your squad back home. Oh, about so cool. Anything that you like. <laughs> yeah. George, do you potentially by any chance have one? You know what? Yeah. I actually have an anti shout out. Uh oh. Go for it. What's up, everybody out there? Everybody, everybody who I love and everybody who loves me, my incredible group of friends who are all married, monogamous, and Republican. I want to give a quick shout out to, I guess, kind of the concept of not feeling tied to having one pan or one pot recipes. I have noticed a real 
epidemic out there of recipes bragging about being only one pan and one pot. And I want to say you have to embrace the diversity of your ingredients. You have to have the bravery to use multiple pans. And if you're making a pasta, just make the pasta in a pot and make the sauce in a pan. It doesn't have to be the same thing. You don't have to make the dry pasta in the sauce. You don't have to put something in the oven in a sheet pan that has both sausage and broccoli and you're cooking it in the same temperature. Let each ingredient speak for itself and stop trying to make things simple. Stop trying to make things life hacks. Stop trying to kind of, you know, it's this hustle culture that we're all a part of where it's like, oh, I have 20 minutes and in those 20 minutes, I have to make all three meals for the day and for the week, actually. And I have to meal plan and put everything in Tupperware in those 20 minutes and it all has to happen in one pan that's then actually compostable and disposable. How about just cooking a meal with your family and relaxing and not trying to make everything into a whole thing, sweetie. Woo! Woo! I do think that's kind of, that is kind of internalized celebrate love. When you threw in with your family, I was like, oh, you're celebrating love with us. I do think that is a good anti-shout out. I do think, (laughs) I do think it's too, it's like, yeah, it's like the, the boss girl culture of like, I only have 20 minutes. Like it's like busy, busy, busy gig economy, whatever. But then it's also like this culture that is straight of like, it also, it also is like adulting is hard culture. Like what is a pot? Like I literally, I keep shoes in my oven. Like I don't (laughs) like what are taxes? Like, (laughs) <laughs> when they release those pots that are like all in one, where it's like, this is a, it comes with like five different things you can put on top of it and you can like fry and deep fry and poach. And you're like, it's okay. Just have three pots. Buy three pots. Totally. I just want to say that like washing dishes is really hard and my hands get really, really dry. And um, so it's really, oh, really helpful to have a one pot. To clean. I mean, I guess, Sam, it's also (laughs) helpful to just wear the same one orange jumpsuit every day. That would certainly make getting dressed easier. But we are people with needs and individuality. (laughs) Again, it is not interesting that I'm made of water. It is interesting that I am a Scorpio. We are different people with needs and individuality. We will not wear the orange suit, Sam. We will use multiple pots, Sam. Love isn't love. Love isn't love. Um, okay. Um, uh, yeah, George, you inspired a food one for me as well. Okay. What's up, lovelies? Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to making, uh, having a dinner of exclusively fried food. I went to Julius Gay Bar last night mm. around 6 p.m. and I had mozzarella sticks, onion rings, and chicken mm. tenders. Mm. And you know what? Mm. I felt satiated. I felt happy. And most of all, I felt healthy. Media always tries to tell you that a meal of exclusively fried foods is bad for you. Well, then why do I feel so good today? Huh, sweetie? I love fried foods because guess what? You can get anything fried. If a vegetable's fried, it's good for you. And chicken tenders fried? Yeah, that's actually good for you as well because it's protein it's lean protein because it's chicken i think and i mozzarella sticks that's dessert and i was ha- and actually we ordered mozzarella sticks and then we ordered another mozzarella sticks because we were still a little bit hungry mm. and i could not regret anything less i felt much better than if i had had potentially a salad and, and because i had onion rings and that's vegetable so what's a salad a meal of fried food <laughs> A meal of fried food is good for you, it's easy, and it's cheap, and it is um, egalitarian, and I love that. I love equality, and I love a meal entirely made of fried food. XOXO, Sam. Woo! Ah, God. 
Yeah, like that's like sampler, sampler culture. Sampler Can culture. I tell you, few meals are as enjoyable as getting food at Julius. It is so fun. Oh my god. It 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 just it's absolutely beautiful. And I've never felt more a part of the LGBTQ plus community in New York City than when I am getting mozzarella sticks at Julius Bar. Yes. I've never really been to Julius. Like, I've never... I've well, seen Pat, that. next time we go, we're getting mozzarella sticks. We're going sticks. and we're getting some damn sticks, baby. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Tonight is the night. Tonight <laughs> is the night. Um, okay, this is, like, I, this is the only thing I could be thinking of. Is there anything I could be thinking of that it's, like, that I've been thinking about? I'm like, oh, this is, like, so good. And I, like... Wish I could like talk more about how good it is, but it's not like new or interesting really. And it's not like I say, something. don't judge yourself and just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Um, oh my gosh. XLF forever. Love you girls. Uh, I love seniors. Oh nine. I love you guys. And I love seniors. Oh two as well. And I just want to say, um, uh, shout out to um, the music from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six episode once more with feeling uh, walk through the fire. Um, you are iconic. Um, I've got a feeling. Oh my god, it's so incredible. And um, yeah, wait, there is one more. Um, going through the motions. Oh my god, so fun, so amazing, so well sung by, of course, SMG. Love you, girl. Uh, okay, XOXO. Goodbye. Ah, wait, is, is that the musical episode? Yeah, once more, it's feeling. Oh, mm. got it. I touch the fire and it freezes. We actually, me. like, I look into it and it's black. <laughs> Why can't I feel my skin should crack and peel? I want the fire back. Powerful. This is our musical episode, actually. Because she was dead. Because she was dead. She was dead in a coffin and her friends brought her back to life as a as like a nice thing but she's actually like why did you do that i actually was so glad to be dead and then she was like this is so it's actually iconic the plot of that episode is that like she finally tells her friends like it's actually annoying that you brought me back to life because i was like actually like loving being dead it was incredible (laughs) well that sounds a dark message yeah. No, 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 because no, no. I've heard of celebrating love, but celebrating death? Yeah, that's not okay with me. Because then there's also this bridge towards the episode where she goes, I heaven. I think I was in heaven. Um, no pain, no doubt, till you pulled me out of heaven. So that's my refrain. I live in hell because I've been expelled from heaven. But it's because, you know, Buffy is about this girl who is trying so desperately to hold the weight of the world on her shoulders while mm-hmm. still being 18 girl with the needs and wants of 18 girl. Sure. And it gets to be so much and she's so siloed and so isolated by her calling that she can yeah. never This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. 
That's better, H-E-L-P dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. 